Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. We have an amazing interview tonight with the vocalist Sean Soho and guitarist Alex Donaldson, who I just found out from seeing their post on their fan page on Facebook, is also going to be calling in. So it's going to be really cool to have both of them on the show. And they are from, I don't know how to describe them. These guys are eclectic. I'm going to do a nice introduction for them, but they really have a unique and original sound. They're classic rock, punk. They incorporate some blues, and the name of them is Crash Midnight. So they're going to be coming on in a moment. And I just want to open the show and just explain a little bit about my show to anyone new who's tuning in tonight. Uh, they are one of the amazing bands that I have been fortunate to interview, and they're going to join some of the other national acts I've had tonight on my show, including bands like Seasons After, Shaman's Harvest, Boboflex, Gemini Syndrome, Soil, I Empire, Otherwise, Eve to Adam, and the list goes on. So please support all these artists and bands that I have on my show. Check out the podcast and download them. I really take a different approach to my interviewing style. Um, My background is in clinical psychology. That's what I have my doctorate degree in. So I am a clinical psychologist, but my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. And uh, we're not doing any formal therapy, but we do incorporate sometimes a lot of educational stuff, especially in the entertainment industry, which can be, as we know, challenging, difficult, and uh, even crazy at times. Um, So I really will take people on an interesting journey, and you're going to learn so much about not who just they are as um, musicians, but also who they are as people. And I'll incorporate some interesting uh, questions and things like that that will make you learn some stuff that you probably won't read anywhere else. So my other aspect of myself that I love is the entertainment industry. Um, I'm also a singer-songwriter. I've done some writing for some magazines. And then I really wanted to create a show because I know personally doing everything on my own, how difficult it can be to be an independent um, entertainer, artist, however you want to describe it. So I really wanted to create a forum to support people out there and help them spread the word. So if you're tuning in tonight, you can join us in the chat room um, and post some questions, but unfortunately it's going to be challenging because I am going to be focused on this interview uh, predominantly, but I will go back and forth to the chat room when I'm doing a song break. And I just want to throw out there, too, that, um, you know, if the guys on the interview want to bring up anything, you know, entertaining, humiliating, uh, you know, feel free to do so. I'm a a huge fan of comedy, but just keep any identifying information out because we don't want to personally embarrass or humiliate anyone. So let me give you some information on these guys, and then we're going to bring them on the air. So they describe themselves as rock and roll is back, and, and I also want to just kind of tag that it'll never be the same. These guys, as I mentioned, they really are unique and different. Um, they're not a cookie-cutter band. They really bring to the table so many different sounds in their music, and we're going to play a couple of those songs tonight. Uh, these guys are from uh, Boston, Massachusetts, and especially if you like bands like Guns N' Roses, The Stones, Aerosmith, Motley Crue, to name a few, you are definitely going to like the sound of these guys. They're not mimicking them by any means, but you can hear some of those influences incorporated in their music. Their debut album, which is titled Lost in the City, is going to be out um, on November 18th and is under Bronx Bridge, that's a tongue twister, Entertainment, slash Universal, and their hit song, Welcome to Boston, is very popular and familiar. People will know this as an anthem at this point. It is used by many sports teams, including the New England Patriots, and also their hit single off of their album is going to be 151, and that's going to be impacting active rock radio in early 2015. So the band just completed some tour dates with Seven Dust, and they're out on the road right now with the Pretty Reckless and Adelita's Way, so they're sharing the stage with some amazing acts, but they definitely deserve to be out there. So more for more information, visit them by going to CrashMidnight.com. All right, so let's bring them on the air. Hey, Sean and Alex, how are you? How you doing, Carrie? We're doing well. Good, yeah, good. Welcome to the show. Uh, just rolling up, yeah, rolling up into Boston, uh, spent the entire day traversing Canada, crossing the border and all that, so here to be talking wow. to them, you know, all that. Yeah, yeah that's cool, because I remember when you messaged me last night that you were actually playing a show in Canada. I was like, wow, are they going to be calling in from Canada tomorrow? But it sounds like, as you guys said, you've had a, a long journey back. Yeah. Nice. It was, it was very interesting. We were we were hoping we'd get through the border, and we did. So it's a small <laughs> victories today. 
Congratulations. Well, that's great. So let's do this because I definitely want to, you know, hone in on the music. We're going to play a couple of songs tonight. But um, let's go back a little bit to learning a little bit about you guys growing up and what you were like. And, you know, just share with us, each of you guys, whoever wants to start first and, you know, introduce yourself as you do it so the audience can get familiar with who's speaking. Um, You know, just talk about a little bit where you grew up, what state, what town, you know, some of your interests as a kid before you even talk about music, just to find a little bit, uh, you know, unique information about each of you. Well, uh, I'm John Soho, and we're, I'm a singer, and we, uh, uh, both my brother, Bo, who was our bass player, and I grew up just outside of Boston. And, uh, you know, I think there was always an, an interest in music, but I, I don't think I really um, I really got into it until a little bit later in life. But I do know some of my earliest memories are jumping around on a couch to uh, David Lee Roth's um, vocals and jump with Van Halen, and uh, and my first uh, my first favorite singer was David Bowie, but it wasn't for a cool reason. It was because I watched The Labyrinth when I was a, a kid, and I thought he was like super cool with whatever the hell he was doing in that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And as a kid, you know, just just reflecting back on yourself as a little kid, you know, what other things did you like to do? You know, were you a kid that liked to play sports? Were you into video games? You know, just describe us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I was I was always into sports. Actually, pretty much everybody in this band is um, is very into sports, which is cool. You know, except when we're in Canada and we don't have any reception, we're trying to figure out who won the games this weekend. But yeah, definitely uh, into sports. Not so much video games. Um, and and that what was really good. that was our life. You know, what, yeah, it was. I was into football out? big time growing up. Okay, nice. And did you play that yeah, all in school? And, or? Uh, Go ahead. Oh, what was well, that? Uh, I'm sorry, Sean. Go. Oh well, I'm sorry. This is uh, this is Alex right now. We're trying to fight over who's answering the question, so I apologize about that. Um, no, that's okay. you know, I, the band is from band is from Boston. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. I actually moved to Boston to go to school and join a rock band and all that fun stuff. Uh, but yeah, you know, as a kid, I did uh, I did sports as well. But you know, obviously, guitar playing was a kind of a big part of my life from early on. So it's pretty much you know sports and guitar. Um, yeah, you know, and then I moved to Boston. What type, of, um, what type of sports, real quick, did you play, Alex? I know Sean mentioned football. Well, what did you do? Well, you know, in uh, in high school, I did wrestling and lacrosse, which was really fun. Oh, nice. You know, I played football in middle school. But, uh, you know, wrestling was super serious, and lacrosse was kind of like the party after wrestling season. So it was, uh, okay. it was fun. Yeah, I got a great time. Okay, thank you for sharing that. So, you know, I guess as we're talking about getting involved in music, since that's something you guys each kind of touched base on in terms of, as a little kid, you know, Sean's talking about jumping around on the couch, and you're saying, you know, guitar has been something you've been passionate about from an early age. And I did, it was funny, because when I was doing a lot of research on you guys, I was just reading about, especially you, Alex, them talking about just, like, that's all you do is either listening to music or you're playing the guitar. So, you know, it was interesting to read that stuff. So why don't you guys just, you know, briefly touch how old were you when you started to get interested in music? Did you, um, sounds like you guys are in a wind tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're still pulling into Boston, so we're we're oh, trying okay, to do the best okay. we can on this one. No, that's fine. Um, we can incorporate well, sound effects. But, you know, just real quick, just, you know, how old were you when you started to get into music? Did you take any formal lessons? Was there anyone in your family that influenced or inspired you? You know, incorporate some of that. Well, uh, for me, I just want to make a note that I still do jump around on the couch um, fairly regularly, so it's, <laughs> that has not been completely bred out. But, uh, okay. you know, I, I really got into the, the music a lot. I, at first, I was drumming. Like, I, I played drums when I was oh, in junior wow. high school and stuff like that. Um, and I think that, that that actually helped me a lot getting farther on with um, just a sense of timing and stuff, because especially, you know, uh, as a singer, if you have a good sense of time, you can float around and play with stuff, and I like to do that live, you know, and not always deliver the song exactly the same way, um, so that there's cool. a reason to come out and see us and not just listen to us on a jukebox. But, um, so, yeah, I mean... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, as far as, as music, um, when I got into it, I was very much into classic rock to start, and then, uh, and that was ever since I was uh, a little kid. And then as I got farther into songwriting and really becoming, um, you know, uh, looking at making music a, a real thing for me as opposed to just, you know, something passively listening to it, uh, I got introduced to a lot of punk stuff, um, especially by our bass player, Bo and Alex. They, when they came in, they, they really helped 
kind of flesh out a lot of my uh, background on things. And we all kind of helped each other, like, introduce each other to a bunch of different um, uh, just right. genres of music and artists that we wouldn't have known otherwise. Very cool. So you're playing drums, as you said, in high school. So when do you get involved in singing and, and why? I mean, just were, were you in a band that needed a singer and you couldn't find anyone? I've heard those stories, you know, where people just can't find someone. They're like, you know, screw it. I'm going to do it myself then. So tell us a little bit about how you got into that and did you take any lessons or are you all self-taught? You know, I'm actually a big proponent of uh, being self-taught. I think that it's got nice. two... Um, it's it's a double-edged sword because I think, you know, sometimes you can reach uh, a, a place where you kind of get pigeonholed and stuck in a corner because you don't know where to go next if you don't have the, the musical background. But on the other hand, um, sometimes if you kind of know too much uh, theory and stuff, you can get bogged down in it as well. So it's it, there's both sides of the argument. What's great about our band is that, you know, Alex went to Berkeley and he has all that okay. knowledge, uh, which, which helps us from that end. And then myself and, um, and Bo are much more self-taught. So we kind of come with just the, the more intuitive stuff and, and together we're always able to make it to the finish line very well. As far as drums, um, I actually didn't even play in high school. I only played in junior high and then I, uh, I switched to a high school that was much more sports oriented and then it was just, um, pretty much sports for four years. And then when I got out, that's when I really got more into music, um, creatively. And that's when I started getting to the singing and, and guitar. I think I started guitar in order to impress a girl at some point, which is pretty much why everybody gets into music in, in the first place. Um, nice. But yeah, that, it it just kind of took okay. off from there. And, and at that point, it was it was wild. I stopped watching TV. I didn't play video games. It was just it was all music, all music all the time. Wow, cool. Okay, now let's let let, let Alex uh, tell us a little bit about again. You know when he started to get interested in music, you know, what age were you and uh, did anyone in your family play anything or inspire you and tell us a little bit about your background? Sure, of course. Well, um, you know, basically uh, I suppose my earliest memories of uh, of music were probably, uh, you know, Mark Knopfler and the Dire Straits video, you know, Money for Nothing. I definitely, that was a definitely vivid Great. memory of my childhood. So, yeah, I don't know if that is, that probably had some psychological impact on you know, me picking up the guitar, but yeah, you know, I mean, uh, like Sean mentioned, I, I, I picked up the guitar fairly early and actually started, you know, with lessons, um, almost immediately. And, you know, I took those pretty much throughout high school and, uh, you know, and I attended the Berkeley college of music in Boston. Um, you know, that's how I met these guys and, uh, yeah. And, you know, I, you know, he really put that really well in speaking about the, you know, advantages and disadvantages between self-taught and uh, going kind of the more trained route. Um, you know, right. obviously I come from a different school of thought, but I definitely see value in both, like he illustrated. And that's that's pretty but cool, yeah, Alex, because, like, you know, like you guys are both, just to interject for a second, I think it's interesting because, like you said, Sean and Bo are more kind of self-taught, and, you know, that way you're coming from this really educated background. And not that there's, like you said, anything wrong with either side, but it's cool because sometimes when people come from maybe a school or something, they, you know, they might think, oh, you know, if a person's self-taught, maybe they're not up to caliber. But it's cool that you guys are able to collaborate with each other and, and see the strengths that each of you bring to the table, which I think is pretty, you exactly. know, pretty cool. Right. Um, and well, Alex doesn't really out. play like a, a very self-taught person either, or he doesn't play like a very uh, well-taught person, I guess. He's, he's, <laughs> he's much more visceral. No, it, it's a compliment, though, because he's, he's much more visceral on his um, on his playing, and, and he, he really goes kind of from off the cuff a lot, even though he, sure. he sits down, he knows where he's supposed to be going. But it's, it's a lot of improvisation and a lot of, um, you know, just, just going right from the heart. Definitely. Nice. And I attended that, you know, when I was younger, I definitely, you know, played in punk bands and stuff. So, you know, here I was taking all these guitar lessons and excelling. But, you know, when I ultimately went out and played music, it was like Dead Kennedys style, super piss off your parents punk rock. <laughs> so right. I guess that's Right. And while you're still talking, Alex, and then we'll ask Sean the similar question, you know, what, so you go to high school, you graduate, you know, just tell us a little bit about your thought processes. What was your what was your expectation in terms of going to Berkeley? Were you going there for a specific reason, or did you just want to get further educated and you planned on being in a band? What was, you know, what was potentially the goal that you had by going there? 
Well, well, you know, basically I went to Berkeley because I really just wanted to, you know, do music full time, whatever, you know, whatever, in whatever capacity that would be. And, you know, I guess mission accomplished because, you know, I do music full time. It's sort of, uh, you know, I had that goal at a very young age because, you know, I started uh, out of excelling by the time I was 15 and uh, really decided to kind of jump in at first and, you know, take out some student loans and, Hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. What did and what did your parents think about you? Or you know, if you had siblings, what did they think about you wanting to pursue a career in music? My parents were extremely supportive, which is it's it's right. kind of bizarre because you go to a place like Berkeley with such a reputation, and I know some super talented people whose parents weren't completely on board. I'm like, this kid is like you know a better player than I am, and you know his right. parents are still you know wary about the the whole industry and, you know, and all the career prospects. But, you know, in order to do something like music, as you know, you know, you're a musician as well. You really have to make a complete commitment to it. And, you know, it is hard work, as you know. So we right. really have really bizarre seeing some people play sports. And unfortunately, I wouldn't put myself in the boat that you guys are in. You know, I I work full-time as a, a clinical and forensic psychologist, and I, I have a passion for it, but I think... I really learned a lot when I was doing everything on my own, just, just how challenging and difficult it was. And, you know, unfortunately, personally, for me, it wasn't something I was going to pursue full time. So, you know, I, I kind of knew what my limitations were, but I appreciate you saying that. But, yeah, I mean, it's, right. it's, it's tough. It really is. And I give all of you guys credit for, you know, doing this and pursuing your dream. It's, you know, it's, it's great. Um, well, no, Terry, don't sell yourself short on that because I think one of the biggest uh, things of being in a band is you need to be a good psychologist. So, you know, trying to deal with it. <laughs> well, it's so funny you say that, Sean, and we could talk off the air because I don't want to kind of, you know, digress too much. But I think something I learned so much, which is good and bad, is, you know, I could kind of analyze people pretty quickly of who's going to work out, who's not going to work out. And I think for me personally, the challenges came that it was just so hard finding people that were like-minded like me and professional and serious and just 150%. And sometimes actually I think made people like turn away because I was such a go-getter and was so motivated. Um, so it's good and bad because I can kind of pick out who might, who's going to work out and who's not. Uh, but, you know, so, yeah. But it is good to have in this type of an industry. I, I absolutely agree. So why don't you Being talk to a little bit, people, Sean, whether it's yeah, you know, whether it's band members or just people you get in business with is is huge in this industry. It's very easy to get taken advantage of, um, and you know, especially exactly. when you're when you're young and you're coming in. There's there's a lot of people trying to pick you out. Exactly, and that's why I would love to maybe at some point transition into using my background in a professional way to maybe educate people and and do I don't know seminars, whatever it is, where I could actually combine both of my passions. I think that would be really cool to, you know, support people and prevent them from getting into bad situations. Um, yeah. So, okay. So you, Sean, tell us a little bit about how, you know, what your direction was after high school. Did you plan on going to college or did you go to college? Were you working? Tell us a little bit about, you know, the direction you were going in and then how you got into music. Well, I guess the direction I was going in was having a problem with the uh, with authority. But the um, the path I took was I went to college <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I did that uh, for a little while and was thinking about getting you know the, the, that whole real job thing coming out of college and it just it wasn't for me. You know, I I tried a couple things and you know if if you um, if you try sitting in an office with uh, the kind of personality that both myself and, and pretty much everybody else in this band has, it just doesn't work well for you. Um, right. What so, did you, real quick, what you did know, you major in? What did you go to college for? Uh, I did I did communications and advertising, um, oh, and nice. then uh, with a concentration with, with business, which, you know, you would think would have served us a little bit better in this industry, but the uh, the music industry does not operate like any normal business would, either hours-wise <laughs> or um, responsibility-wise. So it's it's been a crash course, um, <laughs> I guess, apprenticeship coming up and uh, figuring out what to sign, what not to sign, and when you're supposed to be where and how. But, uh, yeah, I know right. it, it just kind of – this all happened – it all kind of fell in my lap, and, and the right things happened. A lot of the wrong things happened, but enough of the right things happened to put us where we are right now. So you guys formed in and, – and let's talk a little bit about that to kind of, you know – parallel into that so about 10 years ago is that when you guys formed because i read like it was either 2004 yeah. 2006 
Yeah, it, and it, um, you know, the the first, I would say, year or even first two years, we really didn't know what the hell we were doing. We we kind of had a an idea that we wanted to have a band with ballpark this sound, um, but you know, when you're really first, because this is our the first real hard working band that I think we we ever had. We all kind of did our own thing. Alex probably actually had a more serious band um, growing up than than either Bo and myself ever did. You know, until we formed Crash Midnight. Um, so it was it was an interesting path of just kind of figuring everything out on the fly, but uh, once we kind of got our our legs under us and had some real material, it was it was probably a little bit closer. To, what would you say, Alex? Like probably 2007 at least, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yep. Um, and how? Yeah. Um, and as you're talking, Alex, how did you meet them? Like, talk a little bit about you know, did, were you guys answering ads online? You know, how did you guys come together and it was you and Bo, correct, Sean, who put this together, yeah. or, or was it the three of you? Uh, well, it was Bo and myself that found Alex. Um, okay. He had put up an ad in a in a singles personals ad, but we found him anyway. Um, he was, he was... <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we just uh, basically, you know, I, I joined the band kind of. Essentially, it was before I even started at Berkeley. The thing about the thing about you know going to school about oh, wow. places like Berkeley is they, they do not have um, housing for all of their students. So what I had to go, I got an apartment in Boston essentially the week after I graduated high school. You know, here I am in a city a thousand miles away from Ohio. I don't know if that number. Right. That. But, um, yeah, don't call me bad on you that. You know, yeah, you know, I just. Uh, we we you know answered ads online regarding uh, starting a band sounding like Guns N' Roses and hey you know I love Slash I was passionate about the music and you know we pretty much clicked instantly and it was funny because when I first started the band I uh, I was actually 18 but I told them I was 19 because I didn't think they would accept me in the band if they knew I was 18 so I had to kind of <laughs> lie about my age for about six months uh, yeah and that's how that's how we joined many moons ago okay. I guess. And and Sean, just you know, and I, I thought it was I thought it was disheartening, but at the same time, it had this underlying, and I hate to say it, like kind of comical thing to it. But your brother is in this like serious car accident, and he calls you, and rather than like asking for help, he's telling you, "I found out the name of the band." Yeah, well, thankfully he wasn't hurt, uh, but he. Right. Uh... Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, he um, he got himself uh, up on some. I guess there was some construction going on on the side of the road, so it was a whole bunch of rubble, all these rocks, and then he went up on the rocks and and hit a tree or a pole or some sort of large wooden object that was sitting there, and um, and he woke me up in the middle of the freaking night and was just like, oh, uh, guess what? And and the thing is, is if you know Bo. He he always kind of tries to butter you up so he doesn't get into trouble. And he's been like this since he was a little kid, you know. He's like, oh, he let, me, uh, let me lead with something. Yeah, he's the younger one. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, he, so he'll kind of come in there. And, you know, as a psychologist, I'm sure you can probably read into all the things that are going on with the, you know, the personalities and, and, and that being the uh, the younger brother. But he um, – right. Yeah, he's like, let me get him all excited about something good I did, and then let me slip in the fact that the car is totaled and leaking gas on rocks. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> led with the band name and then finished up with uh, Come Pick Me Up. Right. Well, it is, it's a great name that you guys have, and I was gonna, that was going to be one of my questions, but, again, as I was reading a lot about you guys last night, it was, like, very interesting. Unfortunately, I got the answer to that, but I still wanted to ask you about it because it was just, uh, you know, as I said, it, it disheartening, but at the same time, comical story in terms of, and I'm glad your brother was not hurt. Um, cool. Very cool. So let's do this, because I want to get two songs in. All right. So let's have you guys talk a little bit about uh, Welcome to Boston, which is a, it's an excellent track, and it was really cool to read how it's, you know, really becoming like an anthem for a lot of sports teams, and they use it. So tell us a little bit about that track and, you know, when you guys wrote it, and then we'll check it out. Well, we're we're actually we're really proud of this one. This one almost didn't make the album too. So it's uh and it's it seems like it's always that kind of story with bands. It's the one that they almost didn't put on there. It turns out to be one of the best. And um, the reason it didn't almost make the album um, was because it, it was it was originally one of our first what was it first three songs that we wrote. There was what became Diamond Boulevard, one of our other uh, big songs, One Fifty One, which is going to be our current single. And uh, yep. and then there was a song called Nothing to Lose that we kind of thought was kind of a trite title and 
it was a little uh, straight ahead and, and a little too metally and stuff, um, and we just kind of tabled it. And I guess it was a couple of years ago, uh, I've got friends, you know, just from, from the sports world here and being in Boston, you know, growing up here that are, you know, involved with the Patriots uh, at Boston College cool. and, and all over the place and some guys at the Bruins and the Sox. And we just kind of, you know, through the grapevine heard people asking, you know, hey, you know, do you guys have any, like, you know, songs about the city or anything like that? And when Nothing to Lose was originally written, it was um, it, it was really about the attitude of, of the city. And the city has such a unique persona to it uh, where it's 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 very uh, rough around the edges, you know. It's, it definitely has a mm-hmm. swagger that's all its own. But it's um, in that it's also very... Um, it's very tight knit. So uh, you see what happened with, you know, when the bombings happened uh, a little while back here where sure. I don't, I don't know any other city that closes itself down until they find the guy that the wronged us kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also said this a lot in interviews too, which I, I always like going back to is the, um, this city is very much like having a sibling where you won't let your sibling get away with any, anything, you know, if they're wearing the wrong color shirt, you'll say something about it. And that's how this, this city is. You walk down the street and somebody doesn't like what you're wearing or thinks you're, you know, not doing something that they, they agree with. And they're, they're right up your butt immediately, but you screw with somebody from the city in the same way that it's like, you know, you screw with my little brother. I'm coming after you. Nobody messes with him, but me, you know, that's cool. And that's, that's Boston right there. And that's really what this song was about. It was just that, that whole attitude, um, both the, the tough chip on your shoulder, but then also, you know, just the the pride that I think a lot of people have in their city. And uh, since that's what the song Nothing to Lose is about, we were just like, eh, maybe we'll stop beating around the bush here. Why don't we just, you know, why don't we just call it what it is? And the chorus came together, and it's a much better chorus than what the original one was. And, uh, okay. and then it just it took off. It came off under its own steam and just took off. And Alex has a really cool thing about the solo in it. I don't know if you want to. Chime in there, Alex. Yeah, yeah go ahead, Alex. Solo was pretty much. I'm sorry, the solo was pretty much the first thing I've uh, I, I wrote in the band. You know, like like you mentioned, it was a you know song, nothing to lose. And actually, the solo is uh, ripped off one of my solos from you know my punk band growing up. So it was cool. I was able to kind of fit that in. Um, Very yeah, cool. that was it. One of those things I heard. Yeah, it's a great track, guys. Right, so let's uh, let's do this. Let's. Uh, play that and then we'll come come back talk a little bit more about the album the tour that you guys are currently doing and uh anything else you guys want to you know bring up during the interview and then we'll check out 151 a little later all right okay hold on all right everyone you are listening to the vocalist sean soho and guitarist alex donaldson from the i don't know how to describe them because they're an amazing band but it's definitely classic rock with some punk and some blues and they are Crash Midnight. We're going to check out their hit single right now, Welcome to Boston. As we said, it is used as an anthem for a lot of the sports teams in Boston. So uh, take a listen, and we'll be back in a moment.
All right, everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Welcome to Boston, which is one of the amazing tracks off of their debut album, which is going to be coming out on November 18th, titled Lost in the City. So everyone has to check out Crash Midnight. Go to the website, crashmidnight.com, and also be sure to check them out on their current tour with The Pretty Reckless and Adelita's Way. All right, so let's bring them back on. All right, great track, guys. Really cool stuff. Thanks, Carrie. Yeah, nice stuff. Really great song. And it's interesting because a lot of the bands I've interviewed is, you know, hard rock, new metal, but I really did enjoy your stuff. It's it's definitely different some, than some of the other stuff I've had on, but it's really cool. So I'm glad I'm also expanding my uh, my interests and some of the genres that I've listened to in the past. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, we really, um, we kind of formed this band out of necessity, I think, because we all, <laughs> we all were looking for this type of music and it just wasn't, happening nobody else is right. doing it so we eventually just reached the point where hell if nobody else is going to do it then we're going to do it that's cool and and this is just an interesting question have you had any challenges because again i think it's cool that you guys aren't a cookie cutter band you don't fit into this kind of mold you know that that a lot of bands do and has that been challenging at any point for you I think constantly. Um, I, I don't even know if it's just the, the sound of it has been a challenge. The, the entire endeavor has been a, a huge challenge. The amount of adversity I think we've faced is, um, you know, it, maybe it's it's all around. Every band kind of goes through all the same stuff that we have. But it's it, there's been a lot of stuff that we've had to overcome. And especially in Boston mm-hmm. here when we were getting going, um, it's it was a, a different scene than it is in Boston now. Boston is a great scene right now. It's, it's really... Um, you know they've expanded the uh, the venues. They've they've made a lot of strides in kind of bringing back the local music. But when we started cool. out, it was um, in complete disarray. There was <laughs> right. it was just a lot of college, you know, weekend warrior type of bands where, you know, the um, the booking agents didn't really care about the music. They just wanted to try to get a couple people in the door so they get anybody they could play an acoustic guitar and bring their dorm room down with them to hop up there and play a set. And that that really made for a very lousy. Uh, you know, venues and, and no real walk-in traffic because nobody really liked what they were hearing other than the people that knew the right. person that was playing. Well, that's great um, to hear that this thing is changing and, and, and it's hopefully being beneficial for you guys and all the other bands out there in the Boston area. So that, that's cool. Yeah, it is, it is dramatically changed at this point. And there's a lot of guys working really hard in this town to, to make that happen. And, um, you know, with new venues opening up all the time here, it's it's definitely on the upswing. So let's, because uh, I want to talk about the album a little bit and stuff, and I know it's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks, which is really exciting for you guys. Prior to the release of this album, did, did you have, how many EPs did you guys have out? Because I read that you were working with, at one point you signed a production deal with Paul Santo of Aerosmith and Ozzy, who's worked with them. And I guess that was like your second EP. So how many EPs? Just give us a little bit of background, because um, I know this is your debut uh, that you released. I would say two and a half. Um, we, we started okay. out with a, uh EP called Fresh from Detox, which was the one that kind of put us on the map. We, um, that was back in okay. the MySpace days. Uh, wow, and, yeah. And we, um, yeah, right? And we, um, we self-released that one, and that one sold out of 3,500 copies in about two and a half, three months, just one summer. Awesome. Sold out everything we had, which was great. I mean, it was the first time we ever really had that validating success of, you know, hey, this is something that we really should uh, – take seriously, you know? Um, and so when we sold out of that, we had a bunch of uh, labels kind of come knocking. We had a lot of guys asking us to, you know, sign this or that. And, um, and we got ourselves involved with uh, some other deals that just uh, didn't really work out very well for the band's uh, interests. <laughs> and we got stuck in traction trying to um, deal with the aftermath of, of those. And we tried putting and, and- out... Um, not to digress, but would you share, I mean, you don't have to share details, but, you know, again, to educate other people out there, what were some of the problems that came up when you had, you know, been involved in some of these deals? You know, of course, if you can anonymously, you know, in a more generic way, discuss it. Absolutely. The the biggest thing is don't ever sign, you know, a deal that somebody is is pushing you to sign. If somebody's pushing you to sign it, get the hell out, you know. And we got ourselves in a situation where, you know, we had our own legal counsel that was telling us that we should, you know, really revisit um, some stuff. And and uh, this guy was, you know, saying, oh, you know, if it's if it's going to be a big legal thing, like, you know, forget it, like I'm out, you know, or like, you know, just just sign it. Or and, and it was, 
you know, we were young and, and we just wanted the opportunity. Right. And I think that happens mm-hmm. a lot. And if, if anything Definitely. smells like that, you just, you got to walk away because the opportunity is never worth what, uh, what they are trying to railroad you into. So that would okay. be my best advice for people. But that ended up being kind of a, an EP that never really happened. It, we recorded and, and didn't uh, release. And then we, um, we tried putting out um, one that was, what was that? It was a Nothing to Lose EP, I think, is, is that we tried putting out for, it was the third one. And that, uh, that was kind of right as um, Alex ended up having to take off and, and go back to, um, to Columbus, Ohio for a little while. He had to move back home okay. for a little bit, and and that was tough on the band. Um, and that EP kind of fizzled a little bit, and then all of a sudden, everything started happening with our current label. Um, unfortunately, almost right after Alex headed back, but uh, it ended up working and out really that, well for us. Yeah. That's great. Is that the the Universal, the one that I mentioned in the beginning? Yes. Or is that more of a okay? So that's like your label slash distribution, if I understand it correctly. Correct. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure that I understand the process, too, because I'm always fascinated just, again, by the business aspects, um, not just creative aspects, but also business. Cool. Very cool. Oh, it's okay. We're fascinated and confused by it as well. (laughs) When did you sign with them? Uh, We had a preliminary deal in place um, around, I think it was late 2008, almost 2009. And um, and then we had to go through a bunch of different uh, production stuff. We actually switched producers. We we recorded this album uh, two and a half times, I say, about as many times as we have EPs. Um, and it was uh, we recorded it with a different lineup while Alex was not in the band. And uh, the the sound it wasn't bad. We recorded it in New York City in, in a really nice uh, studio, but the um, the end result was not great, and it took us a long, long time to do because uh, they were just uh, there were some budget issues, and there was some some other stuff going on with the producer that ended up um, taking almost I don't know almost eight months to record a damn thing, and, and it wasn't the band wow. taking forever; it was you know the logistics of it. So uh, there was a point for about eight months where I would go from Boston to New York for three days um, almost every week. And it was crazy. I, I watched more old 70s and 60s movies during the, those bus trips than <laughs> I thought existed. Wow. But, uh, yeah, so we recorded all that. And then um, the players that were on it and the overall production value of everything was just not up to snuff. And uh, the, the players that we had hired to do that just weren't really into the touring and into the, the professional gotcha. thing. I think there's this is also something good for, for people looking to get into bands. Like, be careful what you wish for, too, because it yeah. really... It, Take a, take a good look and make sure this is something that, that, you know, you're down for touring and you're down for, you know, everything that right. goes into, if you do actually get that success you're looking for. Um, and yeah, you're right. Just, as, it, as it happened, um, those guys weren't really working out and we were able to give Alex a call and bring him right back. And at that point, then we, we recorded the album with Alex. So it, it ended up taking a few years to get everything uh, all the way around to what it is now. <laughs> It almost sounds like it's right out of Final Cut, actually. Yeah, it's really yeah, crazy. And please, please chime in, Alex, too. So you come back in. You guys, like you said, spent all this time, you know, doing kind of a second round of getting the album to be where you want it to be. And I had read that because I was getting a little confused because I saw a couple of different players' names and then I wasn't sure, you know, who's with you now. So right now, in terms of the lineup, and I'm assuming this is the live lineup, you have Todd playing on. Am I correct? Todd Friedman? Nope. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No. You guys comment. I'm not Todd even going to comment because I'm going to name Oh, sure. on the album. Okay. So who's playing live with you guys on drums and um, I guess the other... Guitar? On drums, we have a, a fantastic young drummer named Andrew Merkel out of Pennsylvania. And he's okay. playing I did uh, see drums right him. now. Okay. Yeah, he's kind of uh, in one of those like um, lease-to-own sort of situations that you get with a car. So he's uh, he's been with us. We love him, and um, he's he's, cool. he's been a fantastic asset to the band. And uh, as things get going here, it's it's looking like we're gonna be uh, hanging out with him for a long time. Good, very good. And then, do you have a fifth member? Yes, we. Um, well, actually, there's there's some other stuff going on too. Bo was not able to come out on this tour um, due to a, a bunch of different reasons. Uh, so we we called up one of Alex's friends. Uh, Eric Grossclose, and he has been filling in amazingly on this tour. And we're going to be keeping him around for a while, one way or another, too. So it's been uh, it's it's been a really interesting uh, lineup. 
exactly because you know we're kind of at the point where it's it's a very kind of you know bizarre transitionary phase where you know it's like in order to do this you know you're not most most jobs don't allow you to take four or five (laughs) weeks off at a time right you know what i mean so yeah um you know people really have to evaluate their priorities and say hey is this going to work and you know it's it's a lot harder you know than people imagine and uh you know there's a lot of misconceptions about the touring industry and you know what we do all day everybody like looks at photos of us and thinks we're you know having a time but in reality we're just driving six hours a day <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. then we have no i know about one but you know it's uh it's exhausting but also like probably you know one of the best experiences of my life as well that's cool like you said i mean you really have to be in it and you know it's funny because even reflecting on you know couple years ago when I was really like and not that I'm not passionate about it anymore but I've expanded my interest and I'm doing different things now and and that's fine but you know reflecting on when I listen to you guys and just all the other you know bands that I've been had the opportunity to interview and just learn so much from I'm like I would have never survived just knowing myself and and knowing what you guys have to do to sustain that you know like you said not just creatively but just being able that livelihood and it just doesn't fit with everyone and I think that's yeah. what I've learned from, you know, a lot of the interviews I've done. Yeah, that's exactly right. The uh, good people at the 104.1, the Blaze in Lincoln, Nebraska, says we are a different breed. You know, he was we had that conversation on air about how it's, you know, he could he could never do it, like literally living in some hotel off of the highway in Iowa, <laughs> you know, just not knowing. Right. You know, oh. very, very, uh, it's very gypsy lifestyle, I guess. Right. But again, if, if you're passionate and this is your thing and you can do it and, and find the right people, then it's, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that's great. Um, yeah. You know, and so I think, I don't know, I don't know about Sean, but I'm at the point where like, you know, it's, I'm like relieved for the first two days when I'm home, but then, you know, day three and four along and I start to get bored and, you know, with what I'm doing, like, hey, when are we going out next, blah, blah, blah. And so that's, I've kind of, uh, cool. you know, I guess the act of masochism, like it, I guess. Right, right. Well, that that's, and again, it shows your your drive and your passion for, for what you do. So that's just, that's great. Really cool. Who did you um end up, who mixed the album for the one that's going to be released on November 18th? Tell us a little bit about, you know, where did you record that, who produced it, who mixed it? Uh, Kenny Lewis here, actually out of just north of Boston, uh, mixed it in Mixed Motion Studios, and he was actually the producer on it, too. We, we kind of co-produced it with him, and uh, he just got it from the beginning. It was very, um, he's huge into, like, the 70s Aerosmith sound, really um, went to school specifically on, you know, what we were looking for on this, where, if, you know, we wanted to have something that had all the, the balls of, you know, an appetite for destruction or a, um, you know, a draw-the-line mm-hmm. era Aerosmith. Um but still had the same, you know, had a modern production that would stand up. And, you know, he really nailed it. And it's 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 a testament to his, uh, the, how much he went to work on trying to figure out, you know, what elements he could take from that and what elements, you know, uh, might have been either outdated or, or not the best for, for this um, project. And, it, nice. you know, we're very, very happy with how, how it came out. That's great, especially since, like you said, from the first round, you know, that, that's great that this time at least you guys are really excited and pleased with the product uh, that came out of all of your hard work. So, cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's, it's tough How to hit that you... modern but retro sound, I think, you know, and, and he did a great job of it. Well, yeah, I think, like you said, it's finding someone who understands it. And it, it's hard if you don't find someone that you connect with musically and kind of gets what you're going for, then, right, you're not going to probably get the outcome that you hope for. Right. Right. Who? Um, how did you guys come up with the name for the album? What's the uh, What's the meaning behind that? Lost in uh, the city. Well, one of our uh, big influences is a band called Hanoi Rocks. They were um, and they were kind of just coming up in uh, in the Sunset Strip stuff in the early '80s. And uh, their drummer, if you're not familiar, uh, was the one that was killed in um, the that accident that Vince Neil got himself into drunk driving. And they kind of floundered after that and then uh, released a whole bunch of albums and they've become really kind of a cult uh, following sort of band um, that so many people I know, you know, it becomes your favorite band. As soon as you hear them, 
and really get into them, it becomes your absolute favorite band. And uh, it's it's really cool when other people get the Hanoi Rocks reference in Lost in the City, which is one of their songs um, that was very influential to us. It's It, it means something to them. So cool. that's a big deal for and what, us. Um, I'm sorry, Sean, what was the name of the band? Because you said it so quickly. Uh, they're called Hanoi Rocks. Hanoi? Hanoi, as, as in uh, over uh, overseas. Oh, okay, 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 gotcha, okay. So that's where, that's yeah, where it they, comes from, as you said. It's related to their, their okay, cool. Yeah, their first album was called uh, was Bangkok Shock Saigon Kicks Hanoi Rocks. Wow, that's the name? Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Good, okay, cool. So let's do this, because I want to definitely fit in the second song. Let's... Uh, Talk about 151, which, again, you could tell me a little bit about it. I had no clue what it was about until I did some, uh, again, reading up on you guys. And I'm not a person who uh, has ever really drank, so I wasn't familiar with the the term until I read about it. (laughs) 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 Because I was like, 151, but then I saw the connection, and I was like, okay, that makes sense. But you tell us a little bit about that track and and how you came up with that track, the meaning, and uh, we'll check it out. I guess the less personal experience you have with 151, probably the better you're doing and the more employable you are. Yeah, uh, <laughs> longer lifespan. 151 was kind of the uh, the root cause behind most of the uh, the subject matter for the rest of the songs. It it was a song that wasn't even meant to be a song when we first started it, and it was kind of um, it it came into being at least in its infancy before the band uh, was even together. Um, and it was, we were all kind of drinking and hanging out and obviously drinking 151. And, um, I, I can never remember whether we, we came up with this while we were at a bar or if we came up with it while we were at the apartment. But at some point at that night, whether it was pregame or postgame or, or during the actual game, we, uh, we started listening to Guns Roses Night Train and, um, we were singing alternate lyrics over it. We we're like, oh, we're drinking Night Train, we're drinking 151. We we're just kind of spoofing on the whole thing, thinking we're funny because we were pretty, pretty drunk at the time and a lot of things seemed funny at that point so here we're doing that and everybody was laughing and everything and eventually when we got back uh to the apartment we started you know jamming out on the song a little bit and then everybody just kept asking us to play it all the time you know we'd throw a party we'd be like ah play the 151 song and it <laughs> kind of took on a life of its own like like everything you know of course you know it's uh it's just the the way rock music works that you're the biggest joke or the biggest thing that you would never anticipate being uh something that makes right. it into something for your band. It becomes your your biggest deal. So it uh it started off like that and the more we kept playing it we we're just like, Oh, I guess we should maybe make this a real song instead of, you know, just uh <laughs> whatever it was at the time. So that was it cool. and it's you know, it's it's become kind of our, our rallying cry ever since. Yeah, you and know, it's one of our reason? first songs to be able- Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, you know, one of the first songs we ever wrote, um, you know, I collaborated on the, uh, the song was pretty much written before I joined the band, but, you know, I remember collaborating on the breakdown and stuff and, you know, the guitar parts, chords, and the guitar, so all that fun stuff. Seriously, 10 years ago, so there's a huge, huge element of nostalgia behind it as well. You know, I'm, I'm just very happy. It's kind of, you know, come around full circle that that's going to be the first single being pushed. You know, kind of cool, cool for me to think about it like that. I'm going to put you on hold. We'll come back. You know, tell us a little bit about the, the tour that you're currently on and uh, what's in store for the future with the new album. And we'll talk a little bit about some of your, your interests currently outside of doing music just to give the audience something other something else to learn about you. All right? Cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Hold on. Okay. All right, everyone. The first hit single that you're going to hear coming off of Crash Midnight's album that is due out on November 18th, so write that down and be sure to pick up a copy of it, is uh, the track 151. You just heard them talk about it. If for any reason you tuned in late to the show, the podcast will be available after it's over to download or stream. So here we go. The debut of their single 151 that's going to be out on November 18th off of Lost in the City.
All right, everyone, again, 151 by Crash Midnight. It'll be coming out on their album, Lost in the City, which is due out on November 18th. So, again, visit them at crashmidnight.com. And also be sure to check out their tour schedule right now with Pretty Reckless and Adelita's Way so you can see them play a live show. All right, let's bring them back on. All right, guys, another just phenomenal track that you guys have. Really good stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, fill us in just a tiny bit on how I read you were supposed to release the album in October, but this opportunity came up that you um, could tour with Seven Dust and then followed by doing some uh, show dates now with Pretty Reckless and Adelita's Way. Yeah, the plan was to um, to come off the Seven Dust tour and then go on tour again in October uh, supporting the album release, but we got surprised, right? When we got off the road, uh, we got off of the tour with the Pretty Reckless and Adelita's Way, and it was leaving in about two weeks. So wow, <laughs> that's awesome. We shuffled everything yeah. around and, and, and made it happen, but it caused us to, uh, to have to push the album back a little bit just so we had enough time to make everything work. Sure, sure. And um, I definitely want to promote, and I meant to do this in the beginning because I always usually do it in the intro, and as well as talk about it later on. You know, tell us a little bit about how you uh, came to work with Doug, Doug Weber from uh, New Ocean Media because he's been great. I've booked so many bands through him, and he's just such a professional, and it's always a pleasure to bring his artists on my show. Oh, you know, he's been amazing. He has, a, you know, a great reputation, you know, around especially mm-hmm. around the active rock scene. You know, the band he manages, Bubble Flex, is absolutely huge back in you yep. know, Columbus, Ohio, where I'm from, get a lot of love on the radio. So I was very excited to work with him, and uh, he's doing a phenomenal job. We you love know. you, Doug. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's so, yeah, yeah and I very had excited little... to work with him. He's a great company. Cool. Yeah, I had Bobo Flex on not too long ago, and, yeah, that was it was a really good interview, too. So that's great. Yeah, Doug oh. is just definitely a standout. I mean, there's a couple people that I book a lot of interviews through, and, like, there you go. There's my psychology stuff. Believe me, I've had my fair share of people that I will never book with again. <laughs> and it's a shame because <laughs> sure. there's a lot of, oh, my, I mean, it's just, I'm just fascinated, you guys, by just, they don't get back to you, or it's just very, like, unprofessional. And it's a shame, because they have a lot of artists I'd love to interview, but it's such a runaround just trying to book the interview that it's like, I can't I can't do this to myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, Doug basically so, gives us a time and a place, and we do it. <laughs> you know? Yep. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. He's he's just great. I mean, he gets the information all at once. There's no, like, I need this, I need that. Can you, you know what I mean? It's like, bam, bam, bam. Okay, it's booked. They're on, done. You know, so it's great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys like to do, you know, when you do have some downtime on the road. You know, what are some of your other interests or hobbies, so to speak? Well, as, as far as that downtime on the road, you know, people – Again, you're talking about misconceptions of the tour industry. People probably assume that, you know, or, well, I mean, we do parties or show dates, we have a great time and stuff. But typically, what we're right. fortunate enough to have a day off, we just want to go to sleep. Right. <laughs> you know, this right. is pretty well, much I mean, followed I'm, by a huge drive. So, you know, I'm sorry, Alex, I, don't, I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily mean on the road. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm just saying, just think in general. Like, oh, if, right. if you're home for a few weeks, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, maybe I'm, you know, I'm kind of misconstruing it a little bit. Just, you know, some okay. of your interests outside of music, if you have a couple of minutes here and there. <laughs> we actually contribute money to local bars and um, and help with humanitarian <laughs> outreach programs for young ladies dancing their way through college. Okay, there you go. There you go. Uh, and, you know, pretty much when I'm I'm home from the road, um, like I said, I guess I just kind of get bored really easily and want to kind of get back out there. You know, other interests, obviously, you know, I'm big into, uh, you know, big into actually the music industry is a big passion of mine. Um, reading up on all that fun stuff, I do a lot of, uh, you know, music placements for advertising and stuff with some of my other other things and uh it's you know it's pretty much you know i my entire life is pretty much based around you know the music industry and all that i really right. am not a very interesting person outside of that <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> yeah, that's pretty well, much you are you you are interesting because you're just like again oh, thank you. if music is your thing and that's what your passion is i mean then that's that's great do you guys um have any movies you like to watch or you know what's your favorite film if you can reflect back are you guys into horror? Tarantino. 
Okay. You know, I, I guess I'm a huge Tarantino fan. You know, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, all all great stuff. Kevin Smith is amazing too. I'd say those are probably my two favorite directors. Pretty much both of their right. entire catalog. They're awesome. You know. Yeah, I feel like Quentin Tarantino gets me as a person. Exactly. Quentin Tarantino <laughs> is my spirit animal, actually. <laughs> nice. Nice. Very cool. So yeah. no, it's been it's and please also and and you if you any movie Sean that you want to comment on or you know again anything interesting that's that's going to stand out that you maybe didn't talk about in a, well, a prior interview. Also, also, you know, I guess that's a, that's a very good question. I've never been asked that, but you know, movies. Tarantino's awesome. I'd say books. Uh, you know, I'm big into like Albert Camus and I guess French existentialism. Um, you know, The Stranger. And especially, you know, his book, The Plague, a lot of parallels, you know, going on with the hysteria of that and the current Ebola crisis. So, oh, God. you know, <laughs> right. really, really, really great literature. Yeah, I guess it's a movie. Yeah, so I guess Tarantino and Camus. That's it. Cool. Very cool. So how many more shows do you guys have with the Pretty Reckless and Adelita's Way until you wrap things up? Do you know Alex? Let's see if he knows. Uh, let me look at my badge. I think <laughs> they have it all listed. I think like four or five. You know, it yep. ends this okay. November eighth. Uh, ends November eighth in New York City in the Best Buy Best Buy Theater. So that'll be fun. I think cool. we're uh, just got back from Canada, doing uh, doing Vermont, I think, and then like Hampton Beach. And I'm probably missing a couple, but I'm just happy to be back in Boston right now. <laughs> I'm just happy to be there. You know. Yeah, I'm just happy to happy to be played. Very cool. Well, you guys have been great on the show, and I'm very happy to have you on. And you're always welcome to come back on the future when you have some either new material coming out. Um, so just you know, keep in touch. I'd love to have you back on, and want to wish you much wish you much success. So you know, please promote any of your social media sites, etc. And then I'll let you guys get going. No, uh, thanks, Jerry. Yeah. Well. First off, we're having a great time. And uh, secondly, if you guys want to connect with us, we are all over Twitter. Alex just learned how to use it, so now he's all over Twitter, too. <laughs> but I take no responsibility right. for what he posts. And uh, we have our band Facebook, which just crashed midnight, and we also have all our personal profiles on there, too, which as we've been traveling around the country here, been um, making a lot of new friends, and, and we love talking to everybody. So uh, everybody feel free to connect with the band or us personally on Twitter, and we'd love to hear from you and hear what you think of the album and all the new material. Very cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, so thank you so much, guys, for – this is weird. I don't know if there's someone else calling in. It looks like there's a number, another number. Do you guys want to take a quick phone call? Um, sure, although or, it might be a creditor, so just go ahead. And... <laughs> <laughs> you may want to screen no, me. No, I don't yeah, – again, I don't know. It's a, Let's see who it is. All right, we'll take it. Okay, 614 area code. You're on with Crash Midnight. Hi, guys. This is Tara. I uh, spoke with you guys at Newport last week. Oh, Columbus, Ohio. How are you guys doing? Awesome, Tara. We're doing fantastic. We're doing fantastic. And I love that 614 area code because that's, as I said, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. That's mine as well. So. You totally went home school. That's for sure. Yes. Just wondering if you guys um, are having any fun on days off. What are you guys getting into? Well, you know, we, today is <laughs> we allowed to admit to? Yeah, right. Today is currently <laughs> off. Let's see. Uh, we're back in Boston from Canada, so we're just going to go get something to eat and probably hit one of these Boston bars pretty hard, you know, as a homecoming before we hit up Vermont. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Eighteen. So are we had a big party somewhere that we need to make some plans for a road trip, or have we got that far yet? I'm sorry, say it again? I said, have you found a place to do the, your release party? Oh, yeah, right. you got plans for question. that, or you need to know well, when to book know, a flight we and start driving. Um, I would, you know, I, we were actually we're discussing release date party stuff November 8th when we're in New York. We should have something good. Um, I guess it's stated on the Facebook and stuff, but we're definitely talking a couple cool boss venues and stuff doing a release. And uh, I guess stay tuned for that. It, it'll definitely be in uh, some of the last minute thing that you crash them in that fashion, but it should be a lot of fun. Wow. It should be a lot of All fun. All right, very good. 
But I appreciate y'all's time again, and definitely good luck. I um, got my pre-order in, and um, Thank got a you. bunch of tweets oh, on yeah. there checking those out. So. Cool. Right Thank on. You so Very much, cool. Tara, we appreciate all the Hey, hey, if I'm in Columbus, hey, you and I are road tripping out to Boston. If I, if I, you know, don't get away in time. Two streets away. Oh yeah, it'll be fun. All right. Thank you so much, Tara, cool. for calling in. Thank you so much Thanks. for calling in, Tara. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. There you guys go. You got a caller. Luckily, I looked in the switchboard because I said I have all my notes out in front of me on my other pages on the computer, so I go back and forth. But um, cool, very cool. All right, guys. Well, well I won't keep you so on any. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was a little bit different than some of the other interviews you've done. And uh, it really yeah. was. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Cool. You know, typically we get asked the same ten questions. <laughs> well, <laughs> right, and that's you why know, I yeah, really try cool, to. Oh, you know, it's cool. You definitely, you know, asked us a lot of stuff we haven't been asked before, which is definitely a hard thing to do because Doug gets so much, you know, asked doing his thing in media and stuff. So <laughs> it was fun. Right. Right. And remember, I, I work, that's what I do all day long. I work actually in prison. So I interview nonstop. <laughs> Except I don't well, ask you, you guys might any be, free You might be questions. having a second interview with us in a little bit. We'll see how things go. No. <laughs> I was wondering it. if he was going to jump on that. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. No, I know. All right, guys. I wish you much success. Please definitely keep in touch. And as I mentioned, you're always uh, welcome to come back on in the future. All right? Thanks so much, Carrie. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, guys. Okay, take take care. care. And please promote the podcast. Also, please promote the podcast when you're done so people can uh, check it out. All right? Okay. Thank you so much, guys. Much success. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys, again, Crash Midnight. Be sure to check out their debut album on November 18th titled Lost in the City. And uh, if you missed the intro to the show or tuned in a little late, you can check out the podcast, which will be available as soon as the show is over. Um, Please follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will follow you. I'd love to keep in touch with people. And uh, to keep up with the upcoming interviews I have on my show, you can go to the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. Please like the page and check it out there. I'm always posting upcoming interviews. And lastly, it would be great to keep in touch with people personally. So if you want to befriend me on Facebook, I do have uh, two pages running. One of them might be maxed out, so just find the page that isn't. So thank you so much again for tuning into the show tonight. Again, Crash Midnight with their debut album, Lost in the City. We played two of the tracks tonight so you can get a taste of what's to come on it. And again, it's a full-length album and really great material that these guys have on it. So as I mentioned, if you like blues and you like punk and you like classic rock, they're really eclectic and they combine a lot of different genres, creating a really original and unique sound. So thanks again for tuning in and have a great night.